Hello, welcome to A Little Room for Healing, where we talk a little bit about healing, and then we do a little healing, and then we talk a little bit more. My name is Joel, I am your host, and today I have with me Skylar, and I'm really excited about having her here. Hi, Skylar. Hi, Joel. I was going to say, how are you, but we're about to do some check-ins. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll find out how you are okay. in a minute. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> but to it's tell wonderful you. to have you here. Yeah, it's so good to be here. Uh, I've been looking forward to it. Yay. <laughs> um, so let's do the check-ins. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go first. Mm-hmm. Check-ins are just how we're feeling right now as we settle into the space. Mm-hmm. I am feeling relaxed, which is nice. Uh, It might have something to do with being in your presence, because somehow that always relaxes me. Uh, So that makes me happy. Uh, I'm really curious about what's going to happen what's going to come out today in our conversation and there's there's some joy there's some joy that we're doing this mm. uh, in me so that's that's where I am right now oh nice <laughs> okay uh, I am feeling really good today and I'm in a place right now where uh I really appreciate the good days. Mm. Like I'm not taking them for granted, which we'll get into. <laughs> um, I feel very stable. I feel very calm. I feel a sense of anticipation also, like not sure where we're gonna go or what will come through. Um, I feel like my heart, like I feel a little nervousness around the heart. In the belly. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty mm. much it. Thanks. Yeah. And thanks for the check-in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, let's, I just want to jump right in. The, first, the thing that stuck out to me about your check-in was you're feeling good today, mm-hmm. which is good because it, it hasn't been like that is that kind of what you said yeah yeah and I'm curious what that is about okay Joel <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so um, oh, okay I want to start actually by saying we can ease into anything we're easing in we're know. easing in although it's like I tried to jump through, in like, and you yeah in. yeah no um so I was actually what was curious to me about the check-ins mm-hmm. rewinding mm-hmm. <laughs> is that um, when you said I feel calm in your presence, I was mm. very relieved. I went, oh, okay, because um, my presence can be really big, <laughs> and sometimes I worry mm. that I'm. And this is like one of my things. It's like the fear of being too much, and I am. I feel like I'm often in that calibration with people, like how, how much can they take? And mm-hmm. I hold back until I get the invitation to bring a little bit more. Interesting. And so when you said that, I was like, oh, good, okay. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, and I think that's important to say as we get into the topic because, um, so the topic is menopause or perimenopause. Um, and that's what I'm in <laughs> right now. Mm. I just turned 50 in August. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's like a, it's like when I turned 40, my eyesight went. It was like the day after my 40th birthday. And it was like one of these, like, wait, why? Like the timing mm. is, like, shouldn't it be a little more random? It was like, <laughs> no, you're 40? Okay, you need glasses. And, uh, and so then kind of similarly, I turned 50 and all of a sudden... Um, my experience of what they call perimenopause, which it can be years before you actually cease your cycle. So, mm. um, what's the para? Peri, I guess it's a Latin root meaning um, leading up to or before or through. Oh, oh my okay. God, no. See, like the scientific, I actually am a little bit, um, I don't like the term perimenopause. It sounds like it's a smaller menopause is what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. And it's not. It's mm. like the whole thing. The menopause mm. is actually the moment the cycle ceases. Oh, so it's a whoa. day and a moment. That's it. Menopause. Already. Yeah. Mind done. being blown. Done. And <laughs> so when so so the medical community like the you know, it's just it's funny. So this whole idea of of perimenopause is like the years that you're suffering, I'm suffering, <laughs> um, or it can be years of suffering, and different women, it, every woman has a different experience. So um, anyway, I like probably started perimenopause at like 47, 48, have had mild symptoms, but then I turned 50, and all of a sudden it was like, all right, we're on, like, we're ramping up, I don't mm. know, it's, okay, and I should probably make the disclaimer, I am not a medical doctor, mm. I am, newly stepping into this space mm. of researching, of listening to podcasts, of like trying to find information about this incredibly big experience that I'm going through. I mean, I've personally been calling it a portal mm. or an initiation and, um, oh God, it's... It's so, I mean, so I guess that's my caveat or whatever disclaimer would be like, what I'm speaking about today is my experience. And it may not in moments be medically sound. It may not be officially sanctioned. It may not be whatever. And there mm. are other places to get really good information about mm. that. But this is my perspective, my personal experience. And, and the particular lens that I think I'm offering or, or can bring to the experience is the mystical mm, um, mm. so for me what's been interesting is menopause as an initiatory process like what am I feel like I want to cry uh, what am I being initiated into like mm. you know the in the the life of a, a woman like in the feminine uh, mystical traditions they're the blood rites they call them like women are, through our bodies, we go through these blood rites. So there's, uh, you know, the, the onset, like the beginning of menstruation, there's pregnancy, and there's menopause. So these are the three, um, you know, the three great uh, transitions, I guess, that mark a woman's developmental path you know like our experience of life really whether or not you 
have a, a child, you know, or get pregnant, you're still living through a fertility experience, you know. And um, but having had a child, I have a daughter who's 13, mm. um, and given birth, like the giving of birth, is is one of these initiations. Mm. Also, becoming a mother, and uh, and so then so there's menopause, you know, and. Um, so I'm stepping into like uh, I'm constantly trying to measure where I'm at, like how far is the portal? Because I really want to get through it. Like at this point, <laughs> like there's no way out but through, right? So, um, and what's ultimately very frustrating about it is that there's no way of knowing. Like mm. there's no way of knowing if I'm days or months or years from some kind of what I would call mm. relief. Um, yeah, so that's why, you know, during the check-in I said, <laughs> today I feel good and stable, um, and I don't take that for granted because um, it's like once again in the life of a woman, <laughs> it's like mm. I just don't know what I'm going to get, you know, like I wake up and I'm responding, you know, to my embodied experience and um so i guess i can pause there uh there's so much to say i mean maybe we should also say like i think i said this to you before we started the cameras rolling like this is the first time that i'm speaking publicly or um hmm. i'm trying to check like yeah i mean i've spoken to my boyfriend about it a lot but like speaking to a man about it like this is the first time that i'm really putting words to something that's been very um private um and something that i'm in the midst of you know mm -hmm. that experience where it's like i'm not i don't have the benefit of retrospect it doesn't mm -hmm. look neat and tidy in the rearview mirror like i'm really in it so um I can tell there's a lot I want to say, and um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> uh, I know that feeling of trying to talk about something when you're in the middle of it and is just not quite. Oh my god! <laughs> it feels jumbly inside, in my experience. When you say it, um, what? Wait, may I say, I think it's really important for us to do it, though, because when we talk only about the thing in retrospect, it ends up giving the impression that it was mm. neat and tidy. Mm. Mm. So I think it's yeah, beautiful, like, what we're doing, you know, like, your whole ethos mm. is whatever comes up, you know, we can mm -hmm. be with it. And so... Um, like, I do that sometimes with my writing or my art. I'm like, oh, I can't write about this yet because I'm not through and in a place where I can reflect on it and, mm -hmm. and offer something of value to the people, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, but I lose a lot when I do that. I lose a lot of the detail. I lose a lot of the messiness. I lose a lot of the Ugh. how lost I felt, like, at so many points in the process. And that's what I think... I value so much as a listener or like when I'm um, yeah what I need to know is like that it is messy you know or that it, uh -huh. it doesn't make sense or mm -hmm. I feel desperate in moments or you know like whatever is happening along the way yeah oh, I love that you said that <laughs> I am 
actually because of something I'm working through that part of my body that's been holding the thing that I'm working through it was just like oh it can be messy and I can feel like hearing you Mm -hmm. in its own experience going oh wow that feels really good to know (laughs) and just just to know that I mean what you said is like really bouncing around in my brain Uh, so many times we hear people talk about the experience post the experience where they've had let the reflection all the things you're talking about and then you're like oh wow Oh, that's how it's going to be, mm. and and it's all like packaged nice for me, and I like now I can understand it, and navigate it really easily. <laughs> that's not the case at all. You get in there and you're like, holy shit, yeah, this is really rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, like like a proper initiation, you know. Like my partner keeps reminding me, and um, I think we all need to be reminded, mm. you know, like constantly that it's messy and like in in an initiatory process there has to be a real possibility of death or dying or like the like I I keep hearing myself say I feel like I'm losing everything Mm. and he'll say well because you are like that part of you that's dying is losing everything its world is dying and for a woman at this stage of life I think I mean I'm just I'm just doing so much reflecting on on it it feels like um, yeah the the period of my life where I could create life you know like the fertility part and that was maiden and mother is dying I mean dying in the sense that um, you know, not going anywhere. Obviously, it's integrated. It's in me, but mm. but the identification with those aspects of myself Ooh. is going, and I don't know. I don't know where I'm headed, and so, um, yeah. So it it does feel like I'm losing everything, and in a sense, I am, or at least that part is. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's. Uh, I think the risk has to feel real, you know, Mm -hmm. like the disorientation. That's the word that was coming to me just then. It's Mm. like, you know, when we talk about messiness, like part of my experience, not just through this initiation, but through other initiations has been a real disorientation. And because we're not we're learning or we will be stepping into navigating through new like with new tools, you know, Mm -hmm. like we're going to be navigating differently. But there's that liminal stage, right? Like where we're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. Can we curse? Please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just had this experience the other day of actual disorientation, which was a first for me. And, uh, Wow. It was, um, may I share it? Please, I was going to ask you what was the experience Yeah, (laughs) so I think it's good to share stories, you know, like Mm -hmm. specifics. Um, um, And I noticed that, like, there's a little bit of um, fear. This this initiation also has a lot of fear attached to it of becoming um, irrelevant to society, use, like, What's my utility? And now all of these are messages that are conditioned, you know, they're brought in by 
a culture that tells us that's ageist really mm. you know like we're trying to change this but the residuals are still there and so the experience of anything that feels like oh wow I'm getting old <laughs> is um so vulnerable you know like it's almost like I felt for the first time like oh this is why people hide it when they're you know experiencing dementia or whatever you know like mm. any mm. number of conditions related to growing older the um fear being looked at differently or treated differently yeah yeah and so I walked into I was doing some Christmas shopping and um I went to a store that I used to go to years ago like I haven't been there in a couple of years and it was dark out um and this store has a door you can enter from two sides it's like you can park in the back parking lot and come in, or you can park on the street and, and come in. And for some reason, as I parked the car and I was walking in the door to the store, they had redecorated. It's been a couple of years. And I just quickly, they had moved some a display that had been on one side of the store to the other side of the store. Mm. And something about that move, like, I just like noted it I remember this like I, I felt myself doing this I'm like oh they reorganized the store and so I shopped and it's a really like club like it's a very busy store and I went to the counter to pay and I paid for my items and she was you know wrapping them up and she handed them to me and all of a sudden I looked up and I looked both ways like towards both doors and I had no idea which way to go like everything just went blank mm. disorientation and the young woman and she was a young woman and she said to me I said I don't know where I don't know which way to go and she said oh well where are you trying to get to which I thought was a really nice question <laughs> and I almost couldn't find the words I was so shocked by the situation and I said oh to the street and she said, oh, 9G, you know, whatever. And she pointed. And I just started walking, even before I was oriented, because I was, like, a little embarrassed. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got to the car, and my heart was racing. And I was like, wow, that was the first time that's happened to me. Now, I do think, I don't think that that was any kind of, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I don't know what it was. I suspect it was hormonal because I'm in like such a humbling education right now about how hormones affect everything. Mm. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was scary. What was interesting and cool about it was how quickly she went, how, how quickly she came to my assistance. Um, Oh, that touches me. You know, like I think that that's part of um, a little room for healing. You know, it's like there was something like because I became vulnerable, she stepped up, you know, mm. like, OK, mm. where are you trying to get to? Like she I, I just like the steadiness that she had was like so orienting in that mm. moment that I was disoriented. I had to orient around the stranger basically mm -hmm. um oh that's really beautiful <laughs> you know mm. like that makes sense to me that that would be a part of aging you know um like we can't do it ourselves mm. you know 
So anyway, yeah, I think the whole experience is really um, a letting go, you know, like a losing everything, a letting go, and then um, these little humbling moments. Um, and there are some gifts coming on, which I'm happy to talk about too. Like I'm beginning to get the glimmers of what the fruit is of mm. the letting go mm. and the dying. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think I can leave it there for the moment. Uh, something passed through me as you were telling this story, right when you were getting to the part of feeling uh, touched by this stranger helping you is this <clears throat> let me get the right words for it mm. how there was this honor a feeling of being honored not me being honored but uh, a feeling of wow I, so what, what an honor to be with you as you express and talk about this and seeing you actually mm. go through emotions that are coming up as you're touching <laughs> on things that are happening to you <laughs> and I was just like wow this is really incredible and it's really beautiful and powerful and I just wanted to say that mm. that's what was coming through as you were sharing uh, what you were sharing mm. thank you yeah <laughs> I mean, maybe this is one of the gifts of this stage of life, too. I mean, it's funny, like, part of my journey, like my dharma, my something very, that I hold very sacred in my life has been um, just being very candid about my experience mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, almost I think probably to do a degree that people at times would think like it might make people uncomfortable or um, and there have been times when it's been a little um, self-sacrificing or like mm. you know kind of putting like exposing myself more than I'm uh, capable of handling but as mm. I get older there's so much more of that exposure that just feels natural and good to me you know I'm not it's just not worried about how it's perceived or um, you know I'm judging so much less in my life and as I do that I feel less afraid of being judged and uh, I just keep getting this reflection just like you've done just now mm. thank you that there's a powerful medicine in just the the sharing from mm -hmm. the vulnerable place um that feels like you know we're, we're like so oriented around doing you know like what do I do or um I don't know how to do that and it's like there's just so much of medicine in being, as you know. Um, and I, I think I'm sinking in my life 
deeper and deeper into, and maybe this is a part of becoming elderly too. I would, an elder, a person more elderly than me would be able to tell us, but you know, we'll get there, um, <laughs> surely, if we're lucky. Um, but it feels like that is part of the gift too, of that, like just the beingness, you know, like less doing, more just being. Um, as a as a way I mean I just yesterday um, over the weekend I saw this old man having lunch I went to have lunch with my daughter and we sat outside on Saturday it was really beautiful out and mm. unseasonably warm and so we sat at a table outside and this man about my age was having dinner with his or lunch with his dad and the dad was probably in his 80s and he was the most beautiful, serene old man. Mm. And he and I kept catching each other's, uh, like we just kept kind of like um, wanting to engage really. And he did, he said, uh, wow, what a beautiful day. Like we're so lucky to be sitting outside. And I was like, oh, it's glorious, the sun. and. Um, it was it felt so good to just engage with him and then as we were leaving he said have good adventures to me and my daughter and uh, it was like he was so still you know in his body and his being and we are still you know there's a lot of active energy you know still in me and still in my and obviously my 13 year old so it felt really nice that he gave us this kind of blessing like I'm still, but you guys have some good adventures. Mm. Like, get mm. into some trouble. Like, <laughs> go do something. <laughs> but yeah, I was like mm. so grateful. I'm still thinking about him, you know? Like, he didn't do anything, he just was being, and it was amazing. <laughs> That's what he was doing. I know. Like that's that's a pretty impressive thing to do. It's true. <laughs> Actually, you know, that is I think that's what stuck with me. I'm like, as I get older and I'm like just going through the ringer and it feels sometimes like I'm going to be destroyed, I think I'm having like a newfound uh respect and awe like really like wow to make it to old age and be mm. in the beingness and be mm. serene and be emanating the energy that he was emanating and like Ooh. that's something yeah yeah that gives me chills <laughs> to think about right because life is sometimes just like <laughs> you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah um I am curious about you said that there discomfort and you talked about disorientation and uh, feeling like part of you is dying or uh, but like staying integrated but uh, ending mm hmm and I'm wondering what other discomfort is involved with that, whether it be uh, physical or mm. uh, or maybe grief that might mm. be coming up. Um. All right. <laughs> 
Okay, this is where I think it gets really interesting because, like I said, I'm like researching, you know, menopause. So I'm on websites and I've ordered a few books and I'm talking to women like, you know, friends, reaching out to friends and peers. Um, so there are all these symptoms, you know, there's like anxiety, mood swings, brain fog. Like I experienced something like brain fog in that moment in the store. Uh, you know, sleeplessness. And then there are the obvious, like the hot flashes. And like, I think on the internet, there's like the 48 signs of perimenopause. You know, it's like just, you could check the boxes. Mm -hmm. But as usual in the, like our society loves to pathologize things that don't need to be pathologized. What I'm, I'm experiencing, this is a long, a, sh a long way of saying, <laughs> um, yes, a lot of grief, a lot of grief. Um, and I can be specific about what I think I'm grieving. And then a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. Hmm. So, but what I have been working with is surrendering more into uh, those feelings because I started to look at the anxiety and I was like, this anxiety is just fear. It's an expression of fear. And what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of dying. What am I afraid? I'm afraid of losing everything. And that can include like uh, my work. Um, so like you, I work independently, you know, I work for myself which is great and there's a lot of freedom in that, but I see clients and there have been days when I can't see clients or mm. I'm so tired that I just have to schedule like a nap into my schedule. Um, and I have not been able to really, um, because of the brain fog, <laughs> like successfully plan. Um, like I can't look ahead and my business is suffering and I'm losing like I'm literally t losing money, okay? And that's scary. Like it's really scary to be in a position where I feel my income tied to my my mm. this, this experience that I'm going through, which is natural. And it makes me, like I have so much compassion and then also rage about the conditions most women are working in when this happens like I once had a corporate mm. job I cannot imagine going through menopause in and holding down like it makes my head hurt in this moment and it makes me like like I said like I feel so sad that this is the state of things and I feel a lot of rage that this is the state of things uh I I have no judgment about using replacement hormones or like medicating something like menopause because how else would you do it? Like, there's no way. The way I'm managing my symptoms right now could not, would not, could not work for a woman who was mm. accountable to a boss, who had deadlines. I mean, that's crazy, right? That's mm -hmm. crazy. Like, and I'm so erratic also, you know, just like irrational, erratic, like so pronounced all of the, um, like just the fluctuations that, uh, 
I can just see I've gotten to the point, the breaking point where I'm like, I have to medicate. Like, this is crazy. Like, for my daughter, for my partner, like, that's a big one. I think it would be nice for us to talk about is like the effect mm. on the partner. Um, he's going through the ringer with me, <laughs> and there we have a long distance relationship. So there have been times when I've had anxiety because I'm afraid I'm going to lose my partner. Mm. You know, like all we've got is FaceTime, and he, you know, calls me up and doesn't know what he's going to get, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like I come on the FaceTime, <laughs> and he can probably tell within a couple seconds, like. Well, if he's got like calm centered sky or if he's got like completely desolate and despairing sky like he never knows and it can be like from morning to afternoon kind of experience it's like all over the place um when, so when you said that uh <laughs> calm centered sky or the uh i forget the other words were for the other sky i thought it's like uh it's like the weather when you say sky yes like <laughs> you're like an encapsulation of the weather it right is now. the weather joel it's the weather i've got like i'm like the weather channel over here. It's like <laughs> complete chaos mm. um that's really interesting it makes me think like it makes me feel like mother nature is going through her own menopause mm. with the heat you know like there is some kind of like parallel mm. experience there um yeah yeah so anxiety is my fear so then I'm just really curious like what am I afraid of mm. and the mood swings and even the brain fog and the depression feel to me like suppressed grief so what am I grieving? You know, like I'm grieving the loss of uh, a way of being, you know, a time of life, as we already said. Um, the way I'm seen by others. Oh, here's a big one. The grief that I'm feeling for unrealized potential. Like mm. all the dreams and the things that I would have, I was thinking I would have accomplished by now I think at 50 or thereabouts and I don't think this is just a menopause thing I think this is probably an appropriate mm. thing to happen at late midlife or midlife it's like oh wow I'm never gonna do the whatever you know or, or have the thing or you know be recognized as this or that mm. um so that's the grief that's a lot of the grief is like and I'm calling it right-sizing because there's something like about coming more into a realistic experience, <laughs> a, a more um, like a more aligned with reality as it is, hmm. which is great. Um, <laughs> it, it is great. It's, it's great when you land there. <laughs> right. the, process. the process it's true it's true it's true yeah yeah so that's that's what's you know so i guess like what i'm trying to say is that i think some of the symptoms that we're that we medicate are trying to tell us something and i'm not saying don't medicate i'm just saying for me that it's been an interesting mm, mm. journey to uh try to not I'm not taking anything right now, just some herbal supplements that are, you know, um, 
not then it's like maca and um, hops and black cohosh you know plants basically mushrooms um, yeah so you know it's like very easy to make a checklist of all the symptoms and then we want to get rid of them um, by taking a pill but I'm curious and I hope I can make it through this portal like this mm. like what is the initiatory mm. process really like like what mm. are we really being asked to reckon with at this stage of life and what is the body and the hormones which I don't think we're it's like uh, I don't want to be a victim in the experience you know like yeah my hormones are just like they did when I was pregnant when I was pregnant I like very quickly had to let go you know like realize like I remember sitting in a hotel room in Montreal when I was like four weeks pregnant and I had gotten a book you know and I was reading the book and I just started crying hysterically because I realized like the book was useless <laughs> it was like I just threw the book I was like whether I read this book or not the body is going to do its thing like it doesn't need me to read the book like, <laughs> that's amazing right? that's amazing yeah <laughs> I mean, it was so silly in a way. And, you know, and of course, we're talking in a place of paradox where, yes, it's great to read the books. Mm -hmm. And but the, the reality is like mm -hmm. the mind wants to stay on top of these things. But the great experience, of, yeah. especially of these blood rites, is that it's all happening with or without the mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so injurious. the mind wants to stay on top of these things the mind wants to feel like it it has control and knows what's yes. going on yes <laughs> yeah like me trying to find an end you know like or like you know there's a lot of it and of course some of this is useful so I'm not these are not sweeping statements you know but like charting symptoms or like oh I had a hot flush at this you know oh I better mark that down mm. or oh how many counting the days between the periods and stuff like that you know it's like is that how our ancestors did it? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I definitely I, don't I have know. No idea. I've learned please, the amount I'm learning today is <laughs> beyond. <laughs> I wanna make sure we get to some of the um, exciting the some of the glimpses that I'm getting of life beyond. Uh, I Yes, we would definitely do that. Okay. I want to do that. Okay. And I think that this is actually a great time to shift into um, moving into your energy healing session. Okay. And uh, especially hearing how you've been taking care of yourself through it. Um, and I'm now wanting to offer you another thing to possibly oh, yeah. assist or compliment yeah. I want to say compliment what your body is uh, is doing yeah well I don't know this will be our first session I don't know so much about your modalities you told me a little bit and it sounded amazing um, yeah I think what feels really good like I've really been trying to relate to the hormones as sentient beings. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like as uh, that have a job, you know, the different hormones have different jobs. And um, so I'm 
trying to create an environment in the body for them to do their work with as much ease and, and uh, like as possible right that seems to me to make sense like you know mm-hmm. like the resistance is what is so hard so often so um some of the things yeah i've been sensing that i do do osteopathy like i'm an osteopath and i've been sensing that um, some modality like an acupuncture or like I think you know some of the energy work that you're going to be doing mm-hmm. could be great to just support equilibrium in the body and mm-hmm. open channels like this is also like a nervous system experience mm-hmm. it's a vaso nervous system experience it's a um, this is what I'm reading um, yeah so it's endocrine system and and the, the nervous system and my nervous system is so, uh, what do you call that? <laughs> the word that's coming to me is hair trigger. <laughs> Sensitive. Sensitive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's part of my gift, right? As you know, but it's also a curse. It's like the gift and the uh, curse. It's like, it is sensitive. And the way I like the hair trigger came here because it's just like, it's sensitive, but it's like, hair trigger uh, like a step up from sensitive like I think of myself a little bit like a horse you know Ooh. like spooked easily mm-hmm. <laughs> but also like incredibly profoundly sensitive mm-hmm. and so um, again like through this process like I am way more like it might be harder for me my experience like sometimes I talk to women and they're like hmm yeah I mean it wasn't that bad for me hmm. and I'm like Oh my God! Like bless, bless you, and (laughs) I'm so happy for you. And probably it is partly this hard for me because of how sensitive I am. Mm -hmm. And so I find a lot of times what I really need is care, like just Mm. deep care, holding, like a place for the nervous system to Uh. relax deeply. Who doesn't need this? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, oh my God. But these are the things that, like, and, and it's, um, oh, I want to say just, like, the other thing that this process has really enforced is rest. Mm. Like, mm. I can't yeah. override, like I did through my 30s and even my 40s. I was, like, superhuman in my energy body. Um, you know, I'm, like, a really vital person. I'm, like... Uh, practitioner of the like the tantra and sacred sexuality and uh, subtle body yogas like I'm like really have a lot of energy and mm. this period of my life has been like uh, again humbling mm. in that sometimes the best medicine is the rest so I've had to learn late in life like I'm like one of these candles burning like this most of my life mm. it's like just take it easy that's the only thing that's going to make you feel better not more exercise you know more vigorous enforcement of your diet or whatever like no relax just relax 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 this session is going to be a great opportunity for you to do that okay (laughs) thank you Jill 100% all you need to do your whole job is to just lay there and relax and receive oh receive relax would you like to set an intention for this well I think we just nailed it I I mean I think relax and receive um 
I think it's just worth mentioning the other intuition I've had is around light and the um, like bringing more light into the system and I mean that physically materially and I also mean it emotionally like trying not to take things so seriously and not so personally mm. I think these are some of the things that make a good um, older person you know it's like the way they're like a sense of humor about life like you've seen it all um, I'm just trying to bring in the light and I, I have a sense that what you're working light is one of the things you're working with right mm -hmm. it's literally in the name La Ho Chi La is light <sighs> yeah so I've come to the right place <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, fantastic are you ready to do it then I'm ready yeah. we will be right back after Skylar's 13th octave La Ho Chi session from Skylar's session. Uh, do you want to talk about <laughs> what came up? Sure. <laughs> A little check-in? Yeah, let's see. Um, well, thank you, Joel. This is great. Mm. Um, I feel deeply rested. Mm. Like we were talking about the nervous system being kind of frazzled mm -hmm. or like a little fried. I feel like that was exactly the modality, the medicine to just like, like there was nothing to do. You know, it was just like complete peace, hmm. surrender. Hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's really the experience. Like deep rest, deep surrender trust in the process you know and um feeling like i was being uh very simple right hmm. simple like what's happening or what's like the the forms i would call it like martial arts or something like the forms or the yoga postures you hmm. know very mm -hmm. simple but then just like honed um, so that they're just like perfectly simply perfect for transmitting what they need to transmit mm. <laughs> yeah I mean I was curious about that like I'm guessing for you the training was in learning the correct position and you said there's some intentions that you're working with mm -hmm. yeah the like, do you feel like precision is a part of it, or it's more intention? Uh, more intention. Okay. It's definitely more intention. I check in with, I, I keep a book mm -hmm. next to me to check in with, because there's so many intentions for each hand position. Mm -hmm. I, I like to check in right before I do them to like really instill them in me. So mm -hmm. I'm like holding them as it's happening. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I'm also working with... Uh, the violet flame and blue diamond energy mm. as well mm. and 
then also the light, the uh, sending white light from the Mahuji energy. So there's a lot of things that are like, and then feeling what needs to be amped up, what doesn't. And oddly enough, uh, or interestingly enough, this particular time, there wasn't much call for the violet flame. Mm -hmm. I knew you were going to say that. Well, I, I work with I the like, violet flame all the time, hmm. almost every day now. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, that explains that. <laughs> well, I don't know if it explains it, but... It explains it to me. I mean, I think that's an interesting it's... coincidence. I had no idea coming in that you were... I mean, the violet flame was newly introduced to me about a year and a half ago, and I've been incorporating it more into my practices, and mm. now you bring this modality that's coming from the same, let's say, lineage or tradition or mm -hmm. cosmic ray, I don't know. And um, mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's kind of funny when you, yeah, it's kind of funny. I wonder if it's working. <laughs> I wonder if I'm like, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, what was coming up for me of, of the reason it didn't want to be used uh -huh. was one, your intention was to be filled with light. Uh-huh. And so the blue diamond and light of La Ho Chi was, were like, utilize us, fill her with mm. us. And then also hmm. there was this feeling of when I tried to turn on the violet flame and, and uh, get it in there, there was like, it kept saying, it, it was like resisting going, nothing needs to be burned away right now. Mm. Like the process that she's in mm -hmm. Isn't one of like oh let's let's burn it right. away. It's it's let's fill it with light and love and 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 witness it and enjoy it, enjoy it or yeah partake of it. What's the word I'm like integrate it? I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Well, but. I think this is really interesting because one of the things that I uh, came to accept early on in this prep process, like this menopause journey is that uh, when it first started to come on really strong and it was really hard and I was like really suffering with my afflictions, you know, it's like whatever was going on with the hormones was tripping and triggering all of my old stories and all this stuff, you know. I tried to sit with it and work with it like trauma, which is what I do. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. was like have, you know, decades of tools for regulating myself, for releasing and liberating trauma. And I would sit and I would try to work with it as if it was trauma. And it wasn't working and it wasn't working. And at first I got really despairing, like, oh my God, my tools aren't working. And then I was like, oh, it's not trauma. <laughs> it's not trauma, mm. what you're dealing with. Uh. Yeah. And it was so mm -hmm. beautiful. And, and I was like, no, 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 this is a different, Oh, that's point cool. in the process a different part of the journey a different thing and it needs different tools mm. and that's when the rest and the light and all of it because the the trauma is an underworld journey right as we both know mm -hmm. like it's a deep somatic experience for me it's a persephone archetype or inanna it's that deep it's the unconscious it's like really the underworld walking and so i was trying to do that and it was like no, you just rest. Uh, just rest. Just be in the light. Like, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Does that match what you're saying, sort of? Uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, I wasn't getting the just rest, but, like, that makes sense. It was literally just not the tool. Yeah, not the <laughs> yeah, tool. Not the tool. It's funny. Light and blue is light. Like, love and light is, like, love it 
fill it with light. Do the different lights have a different like? Do you, how do you understand the violet flame? I understand it as um, this tool or energy that is used to burn away things that don't serve us, mm. uh, and to send it back. It like burn and reintegrate it into the earth. It's earth, right, right, right. Yeah, that's how I get it too. Yeah. Okay. And then blue diamond is love, just Mother Mary, Universal Mother Mary, oh, just pure love. Beautiful. Um, and yeah, and then the light, the light of Lao Chi is is light and healing, and almost like what was coming to me was light. Just now, when I was saying the light in the blue diamond, was we're going in there because we're celebrating this is like it's a celebration it is it is actually a loss and a change yeah. and like things are happening but it's also a celebration oh, amazing amazing <clears throat> yeah wow let me see yeah yeah that's the part thank you for that celebration it's like I think that's the other thing healers <laughs> You know, it's like I spend so much time listening to and being with people in there in what's wrong, right? Like in, in making things better or integrating or healing. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I forget, but it's like definitely good to be reminded about the celebrating part. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Ooh. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Yeah, and I think that's the, there's something that came up for me. Um, I told you on the table one thing that like there was I felt very transported. I will say like um, it felt beyond mind. You know, like I, I you know the more I was able to get out of my own way, I felt like the more you were able to do your work, and the more mm. the um, the beings and the energies that are working through you could do their work. Mm. And that's a good lesson for me too, I think, like on this theme of doing, you know, or like active, like for a yogi, I think like we're often using the breath, using the body, using, like we're working like an alchemist, you know, like working the system to heal or integrate or liberate. And uh, it's really beautiful good new for me to just step out of my own way mm. like mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like a whole world that I wasn't exploring <laughs> so um, yeah and it felt very it felt pretty subtle pretty subtle the experience with the exception of this one point where it felt like it was like um, all of a sudden something was just like removed, mm. almost like I, it, I almost heard it. It was like there was oh, wow. no sound and then sound came back. Like I was like, I, I really don't know what happened in that moment. <laughs> Maybe we'll see over the next Yeah. Like as it unfolds, uh -huh. you know. Um, and I don't want to make too much of it. I think that's another thing that's good practice is just... To let it be what it is, mm. right? Just, mm -hmm. Like try not to analyze too much. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've been working on too. It's difficult. Yeah. It's trust, right? It's trust, like that. 
the person will receive what they need to receive, that you've done your job, that everything, you know, mm -hmm. I think, and trusting these, building the relationship with these energies as you're doing, getting to know them better, and them, like, don't you think there's a relationship there which requires trust? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's definitely what's been happening just over the course of this podcast, I've been building uh -huh. a stronger relationship with these energies. And I want to say, like, the way you invoked the angel and the angels, the way you used their names, the way you sang that at the beginning was, like, really beautiful. And I could just feel that imprint being made, you know, mm. like like any culture that lays the offerings at the altar every day, you know like and I'm back and we're back you know it just like mm. it really is that imprint and uh, that ritual mm -hmm. is and I was like really great I like I just love to be in the presence of that and it's so beautiful to witness someone in that state you know I think to allow ourselves to be witnessed in the rituals that we have mm -hmm. right it's so vulnerable mm -hmm. that's vulnerable too mm -hmm. right? yeah how's that for you it's it, it's vulnerable is a great vulnerable is a great word for it. Every time, every single time, there's it has to do with. Well, let me finish that sentence. There's a, there's a feeling of am I going to be judged by the person on the table, and that actually comes from my own trauma mm -hmm. of ceremony and ritual from church from mm -hmm. religious religion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that when I do that, I'm like, I'm projecting onto the person on the table that they're going to get triggered by me saying something right, that I'm saying. Right, Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And do you think it's it's this? Do you think it's because it's kind of a? I mean, it's kind of translineage, but you know, it's not like a Christian per mm -hmm. se. Mm -hmm. But do you think like if you were chanting like Buddhist deities or? I mean, I think. I guess what I'm trying to say is my experience. Let me speak for myself. <laughs> um, I have trauma, you know, religious trauma from a more Christian upbringing. And as I've begun to re-embrace Mary Magdalene, Jesus, Mother Mary, the angels, it's taken, like, I've had to get through a lot of resistance and like even when I hear myself talking, like if I'm in a session or I'm with somebody and I'm like sincerely talking about Jesus, I project that they're thinking I'm some crazy Christian or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I hate to say that, but whereas if I'm talking about, oh, this is like kind of shameful, <laughs> mild, mild, mm -hmm. but it's like I spent so much time learning the philosophy of Indian yoga, like the, the deities, Sanskrit as a language, and then the Tibetan deities and sutras, and like mm. really immerse myself in the philosophies of the East. And I think there was like some, first of all, the slate was blank. And then there was some sense of accomplishment, you know, and when I'm talking about them, I feel like, um, it's like I'm giving a gift, you know, it's like, oh, you got to know about this, about Kali, about, you know, this deity. Mm -hmm. um, 
and I really want to feel that way about my own mm. lineage, you know? I mean, I think I'm feeling very <laughs> polyamorous is the word that comes. <laughs> like, what do you call it? Like poly lineage, you know, trans lineage was the word I used before, but like, like there's so much in it all, uh -huh. but I don't want to be allergic to my root, mm. you know, uh, like yeah. I have preachers in my immediate family, you know, like maybe we've talked about before. And, uh, you know, it was only a couple generations where that was cut, you know, that connection to religion and also spirituality then. Mm. Um, but I do feel I'm in this process of returning to that. And it's... Yeah, so I didn't cringe, just so you know. I didn't cringe. It felt really good for you I, to own it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't. You actually went, you made sounds of yeah. like, oh, yeah. like it feels good. I'm yeah. like, well, that's really nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it did, it did. Yeah. I actually do feel some relief these days when someone like is just out with their love for Jesus or something like that. And mm. I'm like, <laughs> you know? I actually want to say one thing about what you just said. Yeah. Not what you just said, but a little bit ago. Uh -huh. uh, about wanting to have that relationship with uh, the uh, your, our own lineage or your own lineage. And, and for me, my own lineage, which is also Christian. Uh, for me, I would like that too. But the challenge is that a lot of my trauma stems from that lineage. Right. So I'm like, have to like work through that trauma before I can even... And then like separate the stories about... Th those people, Jesus, Mary, yeah. angels, and have built my own actual relationship with them. And that's what I've been doing, and I've been working on it, and it's been really lovely. But uh, in order to own that, uh, that's the work that I need to do. Um, me too. And I think all of us. I mean, as soon as you say that, I go to the witch trials. You know, I go mm. to like the persecution of the feminine and the indigenous, nor you know, European, British Isles. Um, ways of knowing, you know, like the, I go to like, yeah, mm. of course, yeah, like it makes sense to me now why I went to the East, <laughs> you know, I was like, mm -hmm. can't, I don't know if can't, but whatever, it was the journey, um, mm -hmm. kind of like around the bend and back again, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, I really hear that for sure, that's what, like there's so much, and you know, I mean, there's a whole nother episode on this topic, I know, Joel. I know, I know. Like, I was like, I would love to get into this with you. We uh, should like, at some point, because this is like, because the thing that drew me also to the East was the Tantra, which is the masculine and feminine and the mm. union of the masculine and feminine. And the thing that drove me away from the church and away from Western spirituality and the Judeo-Christian lineages was the destruction of the feminine, you know, like you know the virgin whore like we mm. have like the whole history of the feminine in the church <laughs> so you know and into to a degree those the tantra of the east maintained the reverence for the goddess mm. and that's what as a woman that's where I, what i needed and now i'm coming back and recovering the tantra of the west which is the jesus mary magdalene thread that was nearly destroyed but not Totally. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of falls to us now. I feel a call in this time to revive 
that tantra of the heart. It's of the heart. Hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's the call I'm heeding. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely love to do an episode with you about all that stuff. Okay, cool. I'm totally... I'll be back. I'm going to be a regular (laughs) on a little room for healing. (laughs) I do want to continue on with your uh, current journey, and Mm -hmm. I know that you wanted to talk about uh, some of the aspects of it that are feeling more positive, and also uh, what it means in partnership with someone. Mm -hmm. Oof, okay. I think I can do this efficiently uh, I want to do it efficiently so um, hmm. well I have a remarkable partner he is so beautiful and so steadfast he is also and so supportive He's also younger, so I'm 50, he's 43, and this is noteworthy, I think. Like, I have a friend whose husband of 20 years is 11 years younger, Hmm. and she's now in her 60s, and she's been so helpful in so many ways. I'm just, just to relate to another woman who's been, she's like, I've been there, Mm. it gets Mm -hmm. better, you know, Um, but in particular, like, because so much of what comes up is around aging and being attractive, mm-hmm. like, in a culture that has, like, a pretty, you know, narrow bandwidth, you know, in terms of what attractiveness or desirability is all about. So for me, grappling with that, with a man who's, you know, seven years younger is wow, it's been challenging at times. And the cool thing about my partner is, like, he's so true (laughs) and so really beyond that, those conventional ideas about beauty and desirability Mm. that I can't even project onto him. Like, I can't even (laughs) try to accuse him of not... Like, he's just like... It's just not true. Like, I just love you. Like, I remember trying to, like, being so crazy. I was determined to push him away at one point. I was just like, like we do. I think all of us do that in relationship, right? Like, there are times when we just, like, are trying. Like, the wound is like, they'll Mm. leave. Let me prove it to you. (laughs) Time to prove myself right. Right. (laughs) The wound speaking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I was in one of those and I was like, why are you even with me? Like you could be with a, you know, a woman at your stage of life. Like you don't have to be here now. Like you don't have to be going through this portal Mm. with me. And he's like, because I love you. Mm. Like after I had just been ranting forever, like it all came down. He's like, what do you mean? Why would I do this? Like, I love you. So I feel very, very lucky. I see that it's just, you know, I I think one tendency that we have because of the way our society is like so fragmented is that we want our partner to be everything. And so sometimes I find myself like, I think 
it's good to be talking. I have to talk to him about what's going on. You know, it actually affects both of us, like in terms of sexuality and physicality and emotional needs, etc. But um, there are times when I'm like, I become aware or self-aware that I should probably call a girlfriend <laughs> mm. or like, why am I not? Why, like, he can't hold all of this. He's not a woman. He's never been through this before. He cares about me. He loves me deeply. He's determined to stick around, even if I would have him go sometimes. <laughs> um, but, and it's true, like the most satisfying healing thing for me these days is just like a very raw, usually very funny conversation with a woman who, who's in the same place. Like it's mm. like, it knows exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. And, um, it's that classic, like, I know everybody can relate, like that, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah. Right? Like, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm having this experience in my little house, you know, like some days, like by myself all day. And that is so unnatural. Like, that is not the way it should be happening. So I don't know, like, as soon as I call a girlfriend and she's like, I'm like, I had a girlfriend last night, just say, I'm a really bad mom right now. She has a, a three, no, four-year-old. She's like, when I'm on my period and I want to be alone, I'm just a bad mom. Hmm. Like, And she's a single mom. So it's like I wanted to cry. I was like, oh, thank you for saying that. Like, how many times have I been felt so isolated in my, like, yeah, when I'm in my hormonal experience and really depressed and really want to be alone, but I got to put dinner on the table and help with homework, I'm like, I could be all over myself about being a bad mom. Like, I'm not so cheerful. Sometimes I'm short tempered, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it just felt, it just feels so good to relate and restore those connections, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think for women, especially, and back to the witches, like, that was one of the cultural, uh, what do you call that? Like, it was. The witch trials, that whole, like they call it the witch wound, it's like it put a fissure, like there's a, a, a cut in the fabric of the culture that is so, we're still dealing with it, of course, but like that, um, this, the paranoia and the, the way it tore groups of women apart, like the way it pitted women against each other, the way it sowed um, suspicion and like placed women literally in their separate houses Mm. out of a common like communal kind of experience into isolation and so I do think like a big part of like this restoration of the balance and in menopause especially is like we're coming together and I'm actually in the process of convening a group of women because I was looking everywhere and I couldn't find that for myself so I was like all right, so I'm just going to create it and you know, I don't know. We'll meet once a month and we'll share stories or talk about what's going on. And I'm sure we'll learn some things, but mostly it's just going to be about being together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, just to last piece that feels really promising is that <laughs> I have been working for a long time to be free from patriarchal conditioning. And... 
detoxing, like purging the patriarchy. I've written mm-hmm. a lot about this. I feel like this has been like a really central part of my journey this life. And just the other day, I felt what that is like in the body, not just like free from the ideas and the belief systems and the values, etc., but actually liberated from the dance of sexual, of breeding, you know, mm. of like mating, you know, mm. like what that actually feels like biologically. Oh my God. <laughs> it was like, you know, I don't know if you know the Seinfeld episode where George stops having sex and then he becomes a genius. <laughs> I don't remember that. Because. One, no. He realizes how much of his mind had been going towards that. And that's what I felt like in my body. My whole body and my energy and my life force was like reorienting around this like uh, sovereignty, you know, and service. Like a grand dame, you know, like like a matriarch, like a queen, you know, just mm-hmm. a totally different orientation. And, and for the first time, it was actually biological. Like my body was aligned with this job of becoming free from the patriarchy. And I was like, wow. oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, you know, then you begin to understand, like, why we need liberated Crones, like why we need mm. not that I'm, I'm not a crone yet. We forget the queen empress stage is like the next 10 15 mm. years. I get to be phenomenally magnificent. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be magnificent for the rest of my life, even as a crone. But right, like, right. there's a different it's archetypally a different stage. Mm. But the, the power that we've erased by like really erasing our older women when it comes back online, you have these like extremely powerful, extremely aligned with nature extremely do not give a fuck kind of energies in the community Mm. extremely caring yeah like holders of life like in all its cycles Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i just like it's so exciting and profound and i really (laughs) hope we can do it you know i think um there is a popularization of menopause happening like when paltrow is all over the you know, some of the celebrity women who are my age, exactly. Like, we're all, and I'm grateful, you know. I think it, it one, first has to be spoken about and destigmatized. So mm-hmm. that's a really good job for celebrities. But this piece, the initiatory aspects of it, the mystical aspects of it, like, can mm. we please get through the initiation, like, so that we can get the gifts? Mm. You know, not just, like, medicate it and get through it. Mm-hmm. But, like, oh. actually go down in it. Oh, I hear what you're saying. And then come back with the treasures. Like, oh. that's what really needs to happen. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so that's my... <laughs> it almost... <clears throat> Let me say this. Like, there's this... Hearing you talk about this experience, and... <clears throat> It's just something I'm never gonna experience. Right, right. And like and like, oh wow, this is incredible. <laughs> you get to you get to do this and you get to learn these things and acquire these gifts and Well, you may do it as a partner. And I get oh I could do it with a partner, but yeah, what I was gonna say is I get to as uh one, a friend to you, but also a possible partner with someone in the future, yeah. get to 
benefit from the things that you learn and she learns and all other women in my life learn when they go through it and like that's really exciting that's the thing Joel thank you I mean right there like yes exactly like what a gift what a gift Mm -hmm. you're giving me by witnessing this and you will give whoever that beloved is Mm -hmm. because I see her you know Mm -hmm. like that's what my beloved does for me mm. is that he's actually in touch with what's happening at the level of the spiritual and he feels the holiness mm. of what's happening oh. even when I can't. Mm. Oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah. That's, that's we need each other, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's, I think, my treatise on menopause at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. (laughs) So good. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of you coming on and talking about it as you're like in it. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for the, for, for your care, your listening, for the space. And for the treatment, like, Mm. I really do think, I think you've said, well, I think you said it's like a couple of days that it will unfold, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just had that thought on the table, too. I was like, I feel so grateful to have um, chosen to prioritize healing, Mm. right? It's, and it shows up, you know, like. I think when you first invited me to do this, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I've been thinking of finding like acupuncture or some some modality to hold, to help. Mm-hmm. And then you described what you do. And I was like, well, that sounds perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I was on the table just feeling like, wow, yeah, this is really probably the most important thing I could be doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not just for me, for my family, mm. for my partner, for... For everyone. Yeah. I'm happy you're doing it. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> uh, well, uh, as I feel it winding down, again, so much gratitude for you and sharing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really is a joy for me to be able to witness and to hear and to... Um, provide uh, mm-hmm. uh, energy healing and whatever love that I can provide uh, is a joy so. oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> and to all of you out there tune into the episode next week we're going to do another turn the tables episode and this time with Skylar holding space for me uh, excited to share that with you and until then I invite you to make a little room for healing in your lives and we'll see you next time